is Nicole Whitney, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. News for the Soul is now in its 25th year of broadcasting. Tune in live or visit the archives at newsforthesoul.com. That's newsforthesoul.com. Next, it's time for Indigenous People's Perspectives with Diane Hill on News for the Soul. Let's bring her on to reintroduce herself, her show, and her guest for today. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. I'm really delighted to be back on the air today with um, my guest today on Indigenous People's Perspectives. And my guest today is Crystal Klatt, and she's a board member of at the Sarnia Lambton Native Friendship Center in Sarnia, Ontario. And I met Crystal at a training, at a board training that I was invited to do related to fostering the emergence of the good mind. So on my show, Indigenous People's Perspectives, we want to cover a lot of different viewpoints from different people on a number of different topics. But today I thought that we would focus on Crystal's experience, and she's willing to come on air and talk about her experience, um, which is a little bit different than what perhaps most people would um, think about speaking on. And it's Crystal's experience as a homemaker. And, and I say it's unusual to have this experience because most people, and most Indigenous people in particular, are really working hard to just make a living, to pay the bills, to get by in life. And Crystal has a unique story in that she is able to not have to worry about work, She's not has to, she doesn't have to go out and leave the home. She's a homemaker. She stays with her children. Now she has she'll tell you and we get on the air in in a few minutes. She'll tell you that she does have a a, a child who is a special needs. And but that's not the reason why Chris stays home. And I think it's really uh, going to be a great story to cover the perspective of someone else who who has an interesting understanding or started off with an interesting understanding, perhaps not what we would think um, in Crystal Klatt's story. So I want to welcome today, Crystal, are you there? Are you able to join us on the air? Yeah, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm with you guys. Awesome. Crystal, I wonder if you could give a little bit of your background before we get into the topic of how to em- your in, um, journey to embrace your role as a homemaker. I wonder if you could give us a little background on, on where your Indigenous um, background comes from. How, how do you see yourself? Um, okay, so I had to re-Indigenize myself because my dad was um, a product of the 60s scoop. Um, and I've since uh, reached into the community and found out that I'm Potawatomi and Shawnee. Um, and it's been a little bit of an adventure, but it's been a good one. Um, I think everything happens for a reason, like you've taught me through our times together. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. And then I do I work in my community with the um, Friendship Center, which is really great. It's rewarding. It's uh, helped me to feel like I've stepped into my position um, as a female in the community even more, which I think is one of the big parts about uh, re-indigenizing that uh, mattered to me was m- knowing my role as a female because 
my colonized view is uh, very different than what my indigenous view is now. Awesome. So, so Crystal, when when you use the word in, indigenize, reindigenize myself, and and I'm a product of the '60s group. Could for the audience who's listening, could you just say a little bit about what happened at the '60s group and what your personal experience was? You, how did you get scooped? Um, so myself, it's my dad. My dad is a product of the '60s group. He was given up for adoption. Well, he was taken for adoption um, and put into a prominent um, white Christian family, which uh, they were a great family. He had a good upbringing and everything. Uh, it's not everyone's story that they're that fortunate, but for him it wasn't a horrible experience. But uh, what happened is that it really disconnected him um, from uh, any of his indigenous heritage. And he also had an adopted sister um, who was indigenous. And uh, the both of them um, just... Uh, had to kind of learn to reconnect. Um, And he didn't uh, reconnect as much, so it was left for me to do on my own. Um, 60 Scoop was just a time when they wanted to uh, change our value system to match more of a uh, European belief system. and, I mean, I think it still happens today. You see it in a lot of it, but uh, that's my that's my uh, touching vaguely on it because it's such mm-hmm. an in-depth, it's very in-depth, but that vaguely that's where I would go with it. Right. And so, so your father then is raised in an, a non-Native family, and um, I think I remember you telling me, or maybe it was your experience, that you were raised in a, it was a wealthy family. So, so it wasn't a, a poor family. It was, no, is that not right? at all. Yeah, not at all. Actually, he, uh, he, my grandfather uh, ran uh, Savage Shoes. He owned Savage Shoes. It was a, a baby shoe business for, like, leather shoes. So they had a really good life. And my grandmother, um, it, she would take the kids on ski trips all over the place. Like, they had a great life. They didn't – but, I mean, they were predominantly Christian. So the, the point was is that this very um, Christian-oriented – uh, like Orthodox family um, ended up having two Indigenous children that were brought into their home um, to be brought up in that sort of uh, environment because it was right. more valuable than our traditional views. Kids um, are being brought up with what most people would say all the basic needs, right? Food, clothing, water, shelter. But what they were missing, I think, is what you're saying is that they were missing their their native identity it's like learning about themselves and who they were it sounds like that wasn't really provided for them is is that right did i did i get yeah that's correct it is correct okay so so you're fast forward to how how does that affect you then so that we can understand your your drive and your need to re-indigenize so your father grows up he meets your mom like what, what what's the background there um, so my dad, unfortunately, became a um, uh, victim of substance abuse, uh, and he um, he has a drinking problem. So, I mean, growing up in that family environment, he, he chose a woman that was not in his, um, his uh, class, uh, which... Or culture group? Yeah, so... Um, 
and then uh, so he he it, my my upbringing was very very different than what he was raised. Um, for me, I think that's what made me like reach out so hard to try and find a different way of like living was because what the environment that I grew up in, um, because he carried his own his own traumas and and feelings and stuff like that when he found out young that he was adopted, um, out the way he internalized it and stuff like that. And plus, yeah, clearly he was not part like he knew he was adopted. Um, the, okay. my upbringing pushed me to go like outside of my outside of my family of origin and um and try and find answers outside of it and that's what connected me to um looking into a different sort of spirituality i don't think i ever really found like a satisfying spiritual basis for myself until i reconnected with my my roots and the land and the things that were really valuable yeah, and it, and and your story is really remarkable because a lot of people would look at your life and say, well, geez, you didn't have to worry about, you know, you had rich grandparents, you didn't have to worry about money, like it was accessible to you. Was it was it not accept, accessible to you, or was it accessible to you? I'm I'm hearing um, that it isn't based on how you were raised. Yeah, so no, it was not really. So I had my grandma that would always my my grandparents were around me, but my dad chose the life that he chose. Um, and then they uh, were not enablers in any way. They they um, they let him do what he needed to do, and they would remove themselves from the situation. Um, but we still we still engaged with them and stuff like that. But my dad would obviously anybody that is from an alcoholic no, home knows that we keep our family secrets, right? I think that's a reoccurring theme in our in our um, yep. our trauma story. Yeah. Um, and then the way I dealt with that is that I went out into the community and I became really successful. Like I spent lots of years just chasing education and then doing like things that I thought that once my education didn't satisfy me, I decided that I wanted to do passion projects. And then I would end up going and doing schooling for like different things like personal fitness and like Reiki and, and all these little like, I, I was there was a void in my life. I think I was I was really struggling to kind of meet. Right, and so when when do you find your husband that that you're able to to some would say live a life of privilege? Because like, what do you mean you don't have to go to work? Can can you tell us a little bit about you know your your journey from from that place of like being raised and. Um, with a father who's addicted, and and uh, your mother, she wasn't present either, was she? Uh, and no, then well, she was very. Your, yeah, she was very much disconnected and an enabler to my father. So, she, you know, it was like shh and 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 don't get him upset and 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 do this. And so, um, she was not very available at all. Um, okay. So, yeah, so uh, as you're growing up and you've gotten education, you got into these passion projects. When do you when do you meet your your husband that you have now? So I met my husband that I have now about um, five years ago, um, and uh, it was after I had had like I had created a pattern of meeting um, people that were not very available. I mean, we all get stuck in our patterns. Um, and they just played you, out in different ways. Yeah, what do you mean not available? What would you? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, like, they were, 
I saw alcoholics, like I met other men that were alcoholics. My first husband was an alcoholic. Um, Other people that I had short-term relationships with ended up turning out being like, like, substance abuse users the, the pattern played out right and then my yep. last relationship um was the same uh, the substance abuse um and then i just i ended up um going into recovery myself like i i started doing more recovery focused work where i was like i needed okay. to look at, at myself and see how i could heal and um i just went with something that was different <laughs> i was like you know what yeah. i'm like I think I need to try something different. I've been in the hamster wheel. So I ended up meeting my husband, and we, we got along great. And, um, I I mean, he was a blessing. I, I feel like I prayed for him, and he he was the answer to my prayer, really. I, we say that to each other all the time. I prayed for you. Um, and it's true. I And I was fortunate enough that something that my husband had asked from me um, was, that he wanted somebody that would take on a traditional role because he had a um, disabled daughter who's uh, spastic quadriplegic um, cerebral palsy um, and nonverbal and incontinent. So uh, that pretty much means that she's in a wheelchair and she can't do much for herself and her verbalizing and talking is very limited. Um, She's a wonderful girl and I, I really am glad that I get to play an active partner life and she doesn't have a mother figure, um, unfortunately she stepped out of the situation so my husband was really clear about the fact that he needed somebody that was willing to make a commitment to his daughter as well as make like with the commitment of him came his daughter and I was more than willing to um especially because I had a little guy at the time like I had had a, a little guy later on in my life so I thought this is okay I can handle this and then I I think right when around the time I had met you, I was just experiencing a little bit of resistance towards wanting to adhere to that because for me it was really difficult thinking like, what am I going to do now? Um, even though it's an ideal situation, right? Like everybody thinks that they want to they want to do it. I had struggled with it for a little while, and I thought I don't know if I could do this because I had put myself in a perspective of thinking that all of my work was determined by. Um, what I was contributing outside of the home, you know, like, like I didn't, yeah, um, yeah which was unfortunate. And it, I did come around afterwards. I, I'm, I'm not sure, like a lot of your um, listeners probably are aware of the fact that you do your, um, your healing set, your healing lodge and your sessions and stuff like that. Um, some, some, some are, but not always. It's always a good time to revisit for sure. Like what you got out of it and how you, how you, um, experience the work that I do I think it's valuable what you have to share so yeah. feel free <laughs> so that's what changed my life actually so funny enough I had gotten to that point where my son had gotten a little bit older and I was resistant to taking on this traditional role um, because I didn't see I, I struggled with seeing the value in it and um, and it was how, really how unfortunate was your because, perspective yeah, like well, what what did you see? As, I'm a homemaker. What? How did you see that? I didn't. I didn't see it up for being as important as it was. Like I thought it was a. I thought it was important at the time when I wanted to be at home and and take care of my little guy. But I didn't really see how, um, much of a healing opportunity it was for my family. Like now, if you were to ask me compared to then, I would have a very different perspective on it because. Um, 
I had believed that uh, staying at home uh, with my son was the practical decision. Um, I hadn't um, made the decision based on the fact that I would have the opportunity to instill um, any sort of value system that he couldn't get from going to daycare or having a babysitter, right? Like it's, and then when I started to really focus on re-indigenizing myself and having like my core value system shift, right, um, I, I realized that my children aren't going to get um, what I need to give to them uh, outside of uh, what I can give them. Like it's my, I took on more of a duty role um, and I, I realized that uh, what they would get from me was foundational to um, everything they would do in their life. And I mean, it sounds like they could get the same thing from going to daycare, I guess, but not to the extent that I would want. Like my little guy is, is, um, is uh, biracial. He's, he's very much, my children are very much uh, predominantly um, native in features, um, mm-hmm. and I just feel like he, like he used to always say, he'd be like, "Like, who am I?" And it's mm-hmm. funny because I don't know if I even know who I was, right? But for him, because he mm-hmm. sat in our home, um, as 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 uh, like we have. We have a very predominantly, like, my husband's fair. Um, I'm lighter. Uh, my little guy is darker. So he used to say, he's like, am I adopted? I'd be like, no, you're not adopted. And with that came a whole <laughs> bunch of me needing to seek out answers for him, right? And then I got into it, and I realized that I can't I can't look for those answers anywhere else except uh, for um, okay. giving it to him, giving it to him myself, right? Like, nobody else yeah. is going to give that. Okay. And then that's when I realized how really important – this role was and that I wouldn't give it up for um, anything now. I mean, I, before I, right before I met you, I was, I was enrolled to go back to university because I thought I needed to spend. Yeah. I, I thought in some way, if I spent more money, just going and proving myself, no matter what I, I would, I would somehow be worth more. But I mean, now since going to your, um, your, Healing Lodge, which changed my life. I mean, it saved me. It saved my soul from the hurt and the agony that I carried of this colonial perspective that my worth is outside mm-hmm. there and not in my home. And I feel yeah. so, yeah, that's the thing that I so like moving for me now. Like I feel really connected with my, my spirit, the spirit of the land, um, you know, with uh, my people, community, all that, um, because I was able to let go of it. Like coming and when I did that work with you and releasing that ego, the the, the driving force of, of needing to please people outside of myself, mm-hmm. you know, like I just, it freed me. It really did. And then it gave me an opportunity to really embrace who I was as a woman, like being a woman. I have such a beautiful, powerful gift, and I was giving it away. I tried to be a man for so many years. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Really? Yeah, I tell did. more about that. Yeah, tell more about that, how you tried to live as a man. That That's, yeah, tell more about that. Yeah, I was in competition. I I, I wanted to, I, I was not my role. 
You know, like my role now as a woman is very different than what my role was uh, a few years, like years ago. I mean, I, even up until like when my husband said have a traditional role, I thought, oh, sure. But I, I still um, picked up male, male um, attributes of, of challenging and, 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 and I'm not saying that women aren't, aren't to, like, aren't to challenge. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, I really, um, I wasn't, I wasn't confident enough to embrace um, myself in my femaleness. I, I really put myself and projected myself out into the world in an aggressive way. Um, like, and I think that you can still be confident and be a female um, without having to go out and, like, like be overly um, masculine uh, and, and competitive, um, and that's where I was at. And, and, and thinking, maybe bond by your ego and not your heart so much. Very much so, you know, like once I started to, once I started to go for my heart space, um, I mean, I, I just felt like I can feel, I feel all of the women, um, around me, my past generations, I, I know, I'm, I'm open to feeling them in my life and I see them move in my life. Like, like, um, and that might sound crazy to some people. I see them move. I'd be like, but I mean, like, I just feel their presence around me more that, that I open myself up instead of, um, feeling in some way that I needed to be, um, puffed up my chest and, and, and judging myself based on, on what I bring to the table for a paycheck. Like I put a lot of worth in, yeah. in monetary, yeah. you know. Like I yeah. like I thought like what what is the monetary value of me and not the um, knowledge value of me. And I realized uh, you know, yeah. I have a really great power to be able to um, heal uh, the generations ahead by healing my children. My husband comes home, I I heal my husband. You know, they go out into the world, they heal the people around them. Like. I'm amazed at the shift in my perspective because it's not at all, if you had asked me if I would have been able to adopt this sort of perspective, like say even a year ago, it would have been a no. But I mean, I've worked really hard (laughs) in the last little while since I've been to your lodge like a couple of times, almost back to back, which is amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. I would have never been able to say that there's no monetary, uh, like I don't, I don't care about the monetary worth as much anymore at all, really. I mean, and I, I don't say that because I have a very cushiony, like my husband's a good provider, um, like he's not a berry picker at all, not to say, but you know what, he, he's very, he works hard, he works really hard yeah. and really lucky, but I mean, you can, I could very easily now, and I, 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 I say this with I'd like the utmost confidence, I could really now in any situation feel free to just be happy in what I'm contributing to my children's life, aside from what it is that I have that my husband contributes. Like, give me a different husband and a different situation and a different home, and it's not going to change the way I, I internalize and feel what it is that I want to passionately give to my family. And really, that's the core value of what they're going to take out into the world and, and create for themselves, right? Like, it's not, none of it comes mm-hmm. down to what in my wallet when it comes to what the children are going out and doing and what it is that my husband's going out and doing. It's all about yeah, how well, they feel heart-wise, right, mm-hmm. from their heart. Yeah. 
and that's beautifully said, Crystal, because there's a there's a lot of people that would look at you, and as I opened up with the show today, like a lot of Native people are ending up in poverty or on welfare, and they're struggling, and they're trying to make ends meet, and and so they would look at a person like you, and, and I think the word you used was cushy, right? Like, oh, yeah, she's in a well, really yeah. cushy position because she doesn't have to worry about money. She doesn't have to work outside the home. Like, she can has everything she needs, and, and she has a nice home and a nice car. And what you're saying is that it's not the material things. It's not the money. It's not. It's not... That is a colonial <laughs> construct. You know what? I am I'm just about to move. So I'm just actually about to move out of this cushiony out into the country. I I realize colonial construct. I'm not against I'm not against what has been created and I'm not saying, you know, let's go back to living in teepees. I'm I'd be very content right. to. <laughs> but what I'm saying is this whole <laughs> construct that we have going on it's it's um, yeah. not reality. I mean, you might, I, I get people might say, oh, well, that's easy for you to say because you don't have to suffer. I have suffered, though. I mean, my last relationship mm-hmm. was awful. And I, I'm, and, um, I, I made, I did my time well, and I, I made the best of what I, I, I needed to. And it wasn't always horrible. I can remember times when we struggled. But I think the most important thing that I realized out of all of this is that it's what I, it's living from a place in my heart where I like, it's, it's the happiness in the home, not the, the money. I can't eat money and I know you can eat food, but we, we disconnect from, from um, living um, off of, like, I, I, I think, like a lot of times people think, oh, I don't get to eat out a lot. Well, eating out is killing people. You know what I mean? I mean, we can <laughs> yeah. grow our gardens. Yeah. We can eat healthy food. We have yeah. options. It's just, what the colonial view has become of being worthwhile is is what's making us poor, you know, in my yeah. perspective. In yeah. my opinion, yeah. it, it, it's, it's the complete opposite. We were rich before they ever came here. Yeah. And then they rich changed. In, rich in, and rich in intimate, heartfelt yeah. connections, rich in right. the human yeah, side and, of and things. And rich with the land. I mean, we... we we don't even realize a lot of a lot of these plants that are around us are edible plants. I mean, like I, it sounds crazy, like, and that's why I want to go. I've, I've decided to give up city life, is because like mm-hmm. a lot of these plants that like I just found out that maple keys are actually high in protein and they're edible. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, I, there's yeah. there's just there's so many things that we we have developed because of this colonial view on what is is successful and um i mean your son says it the best it's a brilliant construct what they did they came over here they saw us thriving and i'm not about to push the narrative of this prejudice it's not my intention but from a decolonizing view what we had going on our ancestors was beautiful we were in touch with our heart we were in touch with the land and i mean uh Connecting with the land, I since I focused on that alone, I've come to realize there is so much um, potential of, with connecting with the land. The food that's available, like 
I, if you started learning your plant medicines, you'd be so surprised by the amount of edible food that is around us. And we just don't even know because it's not normal for us to look at that stuff anymore, you know, and that's the stuff that I don't, our, our, our culture is uh, on the verge of, of, you know, um, it's, it's been threatened. Like our culture has been threatened. And, and for me now stepping into a homemaker role I'm excited because I'm like, you know what? I I had the opportunity to get in touch with my heart through going through your teachings, and um, I can't wait to share it with my family. You know, like it's just mm-hmm. so important. That We're is so- such a you know your beautiful journey, like to where you are now, like the awareness you have. Well spoken, Crystal. Like you really nailed it by saying, you know, we got educated away from the simple things in life. And we started to adopt a different view, call it colonial view if you wish, but it was a view around, like in a definition of success, that just sort of undermined and made us look at ourselves as as being less than and not as good as. And so we adopted those views, not realizing the wealth of what we had around us. And, and it's so true, like if you go to the reserve or you visit reservations there's so much like you said food around you that's that we call it weeds like through another view another person's viewpoint we would look at it as this just weeds and that that doesn't contribute anything to my life or my value and you know i want to i want to get and earn more money and i want to get what i see on tv or what i see other people have bring me happiness but you're moving from the opposite end (laughs) you're moving from a place of saying i have all of that and i need this right and this is more meaningful than every all the material things and stuff that i could have right and i do have but now i need i need this what's really meaningful is i need the stuff that sustains my identity teaches me who i am helps me to understand right what the value i am and who i am and the value in the land and the connection that me and my people had to the land. It's a beautiful journey you're on, Krista. I feel very blessed to have been able to, like, connect with you and and let go of all that heaviness that I carried. It was heavy. It was a lot of heavy, heavy baggage. Just um, hurt. A lot of hurt and wanting to measure up. Yeah, like, it's, it's... Really, that's what it all boiled down to. It was just I had a lot of hurt that I, I couldn't let go of, things that I had wanted, expectations. And I had not always lived this good life. I mean, at one time, I I ran away from everything, and I was out running around on the streets, and I was not ha- – I didn't have a good life. I mean, I've had – I've also been on the opposite end of the spectrum where I had a really hard life. I had a, a really rough, rough go, and, and I was not doing well at all. And um, I can see both sides of it. Like, I can see both sides. And having known both sides, I still clearly, after having had the chance to say, do I feel happy because I have all this stuff that I wanted? Well, you know what? No. You know? And it's like that uh, one man, Robin Williams, right? He had everything. Mm -hmm. And then what, what happened to him? I mean, it's so sad. And I, I realized, I, I mean, I, Thing, everything happens for a reason, and um, meeting you I, you'd, and revitalizing that part in me that says, what is really important? Who am I? Not what is, is important, like, like what, what makes me feel like I, I'm, I'm measuring up against 
this guy over here with his big swollen ego. I mean, I don't really care about any of that stuff anymore. All I really want is to enjoy um, myself. I, I, I live from a place of, of accepting who I am and how I feel and, and, and enjoying the present moment and not needing to go into the future with fear and not needing to dwell in the past. Um, and it's beautiful. I mean, I really hope that I really hope that you continue your work, what you're doing, because I think that it's so important. It's beautiful. Well, let's, talk, and well let's talk a little bit about the, the work and the things that I do, because, you know, I don't have a lot of people clamoring, knocking at my door, waiting, waiting to get in. Um, and, and the reason for that is because the work that I do is very emotionally intense right it can it's it's working with the physical body to transform how you feel to change how you feel and so were you not afraid when when i first met you and i gave the introduction and i talked about how you can use your body and you got to get out of the head and get in the body the body to change how you feel that that means feeling it to heal it like you got to be willing to go into that darkness weren't weren't you afraid crystal when you first heard that uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. I can remember going to your lodge and having to make sticky notes and put them on my mirror about <laughs> vulnerability. I, I had to make yeah. one. I, I had to lie. Vulnerability is beautiful, but now I believe it. <laughs> I believe <laughs> it's so crazy. And like I, and that was the biggest resistance. It was like I felt so resistant to it. This does not feel good. It's not. But yes. I mean, I grew through it. Right now, I see all these opportunities. Um, as growth opportunities, and they're they're blessings, you know. Really, people might be like, I, and the reason why I say it's a blessing is, I would much rather be blessed with the opportunity to grow through it before it gets overbearing and it hurts too much. And that's what going to your lodge really helped me do. Is that if I let things accumulate up to the point of not being able to acknowledge it and let it process and go through my body, then it becomes something very toxic and heavy and hard to carry. And now I'm very much proactive, you know, like I'm, and I, and I'm, I'm excited at what I have going forward and as an opportunity to grow through, right? And knowing that I have my ancestors and the spirits around me that are, if that sounds hokey to people, I'm sorry, but I mean, I'm more receptive to that, right? Like I'm much more receptive and aware and it's a blessing. I bring it, I bring I bring um, my day with uh, excitement, you know. What is today going to – there's, there's uh, excitement in the unknown now. It's not fear, you know, which is really, I think, a powerful tool. I mean, who would not want to have that, to shift from being anxiety-ridden? Because I was on anxiety meds, too, I'm, I, and I'm not on yeah. them. And I don't, I don't mean to say that I'm not going to promote that because that's not – I'm not a doctor or a physician. But for me, what happened is I don't – I don't need anxiety medication. I don't live in that place of fear anymore. I'm I'm very much free from that feeling of fear. I'm I'm excited about my future. I have hope in my future and it's not because of what my outside life looks like. It's because of what my inside life looks like, which is very different. Yeah. So you didn't run away from your feeling your feelings. Like at some point and because and this is your, your journey is really remarkable because you've really only been to two programs, Crystal. Yeah. And you've you've 
yeah, really, when you look at two programs, which each program is a three-day program, so and 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 it's this year that you actually program. I think I think you started. Was it in January and then you came back, or was it yeah, December it was in and then March? Yeah. Yeah. So so just this year of 2023, you came in January and then you came again in maybe April. Was it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Or March. End yeah. of March, and, I think and, it was. Yeah, end of March. So so you got to do two programs almost back to back, but it's not mm-hmm. it's not the program. And that's what I keep telling the people. It's it's not how many sessions you have, but it's no. your willingness. It's your willingness to allow yourself to feel the pain, the emotional pain, which sometimes can um, can ter- develop into physical pain. Because I I was trying to remember, but I think you you were had a very sore back, did you not? I was walking with and, a cane. I'm 43 years old, and I was I was walking with a cane before I came. Like right before I had come, I was I was having these episodes where the the stress level in my body and the the not moving the energy was resulting in me like a marshmallow being stuffed in the microwave. I would just, I couldn't, I was immobilized. I was not able to, uh, I'd have to walk with a cane. I was going to the chiropractor all the time. Like it was, it was awful. I was, it was debilitating, right? I would have serious sciatic nerve uh, pain and, um, yeah, and then I just, I, you know, I, I, that's why I keep saying, like, I keep tell, I tell everybody, I'm like, this is really important. Like, I it just, it, just going into your body, like letting go of all that head space. And then I, I, like I had said to you before, it's like it was exhausting. I lived in this place where I was in competition all the time and and needing to be like something valuable side of myself you know like Mm -hmm. I now I have this adopted perspective of radical acceptance for myself right like and I mean that doesn't necessarily mean that every day is is so great and wonderful and rosy I'm like today I'm living in joy it's 365 days of non-stop happiness it's not (laughs) the way it is at all I mean, I have days where I'm like, I can't function today, and the kids are under my skin, and I'm like, but I can process it. I can stop. I can can say I feel this energy, and I don't need to know why. I just feel it, and I I let it go. And then the most uh, uh, amazing thing that I experienced at your lodge was um, the feeling of validation for some of the things that I had held inside for so long. Like, there's just some things that some people – have that they need a safe space to go and express and then have somebody say listen you know what you're not being judged you're heard yeah and then you know how do you go through that sequencing of calming yourself down and you've given me the tools of how to calm myself down when I get into those hyper sensitive modes where I'm maybe really hyper vigilant or hypersensitive because I'm I'm experiencing a, a physical pattern um because of years of living in that way, you know, the excitability. A trigger. We would call yeah. it. Yeah, we would call it a trigger. Something's triggered you. Yeah. Right. I I can I can de I, like I can de-escalate the situation really easily, and I don't necessarily need the outside validation as much. But if I did, I know how to approach people now. Like I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm not as yeah. I'm not as all bunged up about having to say listen. I'm feeling really like ashamed right now. Like I have a lot of 
I have a lot of shame for for um, whatever reason, you know. I don't even know why. I feel ashamed. I feel like I'm not worthy. I just feel like I don't measure up to people. There's always somebody better than me. I mean, it's not doom and gloom. I, it's just that's the reality of it. There's, I'm always, and you know what, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I still love myself. It's part of the human experience. And that was the biggest thing that you taught me was about having the human experience, you know, um, in my body, though, not in my head. Mm-hmm. Not in your head. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to experience it in my body. It is what it is. And I'm not going to run away from how I feel. I feel what it is. So I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to breathe through it. I'm going to let my body shake. I'm going to sweat. I might even cry. Maybe even right. I might even find myself getting nauseous and I'm going to, I'm going to have to throw up or spit up in a bag, but I'm going to let it go. And, and I think that deep when, intimacy, it's a deep intimacy yes. with my, my soul and my spirit and the connection with the earth. And that's indigenous. And that's yes. why I'm so happy to be at home with my children and being a healer to my family is because I, I get to, I, if I, I feel like if I was out in the world doing this puffed up female masculine attitude that I had, I would come home and I'd be exhausted and I might not be able to give that to my family, you know, because I would be triggered. I'd be hypersensitive. I'd be bearing a lot of weight. And at the end of the day, the kids don't really want the money, they mm-hmm. just want their parents, right? So, I mean, it's been a blessing. I, you've changed you've changed not only my life, and I think that's our goal, right, is to go seven generations ahead, you know, is, is healing it. And you've definitely done it with one person. And that one person has <laughs> other people that go. Christa, and then you, have, Chris, you give me too much credit. You, you, it's you. We provided the space, but That's but you right. got to put credit where credits due, right? I can't yeah. make anybody go to those dark places. So so you so so you have to say you provided me with a space, a place where I could myself and heal myself and feel the things and say the things that I never could. But else, that that's but you did the work, Crystal. So, so I just want you to be really clear that you did the work. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and that's, a, that's such a reoccurring. I can remember you said that so often, too. It's such a reoccurring thing that comes off of your lips. And it's true. It really, truly is. And um, I just is so I, – I don't think I would have actually experienced it, though, had I not had, had your teachings on how to be able to do it myself. And that's what I'm really grateful for. And then I get to carry it on with my children, which is truly a blessing. And, uh, yeah, and it's and the best part that makes me feel so great about it is I, I carried that anxiety about how to get my little guy to feel like he could contribute to his community, right? Like being mm-hmm. that he's disconnected too. And he's, you know, and, and it's beautiful to go out there and be able to take these teachings to say, listen, you can live – in connection with the land by going through your heart energy and, and just feeling it and processing it. You know, he could take that knowledge anywhere and he could share it and that's going to be valuable. And he's going to say, I'm indigenous and these are my teachings. Yes. And that makes my heart yes. happy. Wow. That's a, that's an awesome statement. That's an awesome end to our, to our conversation today. So how many children are you raising? How many, how many children are, do you have in your family, Crystal? 
I have seven, but I have um, three at the house right now. So I have two for my first marriage, which are older adult children, and then I have um, my husband's four children that I inherited. Um, The four of them lived with us for the first little while. Two have since moved out because they're adults. And then I have his 16-year-old daughter who is um, cerebral palsy, and she stays with us. She'll probably stay with us a long time, if not indefinitely. And then I have um, a 13-year-old and a 7-year-old. And the 7-year-old is my um, youngest, and he is my uh, biological child. So, And I had him a little bit later, um, which he was a blessing. Uh, yeah. So, so – Crystal, I can only say good things are are ahead for you. And and are you done healing? You, I don't think you're done healing. I don't think you're done coming to pay no. me a visit. I think. No. <laughs> you know what? I see my ego. <laughs> my ego <laughs> a year ago would have said I had all the answers, and then all of a sudden I realized this is going to be a deep dive. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, if, if this is. It's every day, you know, and it's not tiring. It's exciting. But, um, you know, like I can learn something new every single day if I want to, you know. I just have to be open to to what the universe is telling me, what Mother Earth wants me to know. You know, there's so much we can learn from nature, you know. Like sometimes just being present in, in your environment I mean, it's it's the birds that are flying by. It's the people that you bump into. I mean, no, I'm not by a long shot. Like I said a year ago, I might have been like, oh, well, I got it all figured out. I've read this book. I think I said that to you before, you know. You read a book and all of a sudden you think it's all you got it all figured out. But um, no, and I will come back. I would come, I, like, I'll come back to your, your lodge multiple times in the future. I, if not, send my children there when they get old enough. Because I just think, yeah, they're like, I don't want to go. You're going. No, they'll go. They'll, I'm sure they'll be very excited to go. But it's worthwhile to me. In my mind as a mother and as a person that has really advocated for re-indigenizing um, myself and, and being focused on uh, our community and what's important uh, as a community, I really think that this heart um, medicine, vital. You know, it's 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 the core ideology behind uh, us as indigenous people, the foundation of, of what um, is healing for us, you know, and I, I feel privileged to be able to have had that spirit come to me, this, this knowledge and to uh, free me from my, my prior perspectives because it has been very freeing and very liberating Yes, for sure. And, and and I think your role as a board member at the Sarnia Native or Sarnia Lampton Native Friendship Center, I think your role here and your experiences, um, you're going to bring to the table, bring to that board table um some really good perspectives that will just help enhance some of the programs and services that you uh you're all getting ready to launch. Hey, I know you're still in the business uh of developing uh, is it a homeless, a shelter for homeless? Um, uh, yeah, like, correct me uh, if I'm have, wrong. 
we're we're expanding on our housing um and uh, we are revamping the building that we have like the location that our um our original building is is in a in a prime location to uh examine um like a homeless uh homeless sheltering help and stuff so it's our ED Donna um Sutherland is amazing i mean I felt her energy the moment I bumped into her. And you and Donna are very close, and then she connected us with you. You ladies are just yummy <laughs> energy, <laughs> energy, and that is exactly the type of role model that I needed as an Indigenous woman in this community, and I stand behind it 100%. I think okay. we – Yes, of course. Of course, it's my privilege. I think if uh, any other females could just, like, have the opportunity to be, like, mentored by you guys, like, especially you in your lodge, it just is so healing. I mean, it's such a blessing, truly. You ladies are just, and you're pioneering, like, different perspectives in the community. Like, some of the things that are are happening um, between the two of you guys working together is, like, revolutionary, like, to our community and moving forward and really like taking a step out of a place of hurt and into a space of being able to accept uh, where we're, we're um, moving from, from where we had been empowered and being yes, empowered. More, yes. Yes. More empowerment. I, I think that's, that's what Donna herself was looking for ways to support and empower people and and that's what I enjoyed. That's what I said, well, I might be able to help with that. And Donna herself, you know, has gone through programs um, for her own healing, her own wellness, her own empowerment. And so I think, Crystal, with you joining us, so once again, you give Donna and I far too much credit, but you got to look at what you're bringing to the board and well, the perspective. Well, it all does boil the- down. It all does boil down by leading by example, and you guys lead excellent examples. So, And I feel (laughs) confident that you guys have have, uh, shown by your excellent examples the ability for me to learn how to lead in an excellent way too. And I'm grateful for that. So that's what I'm grateful for. I, I I do do the work and lead by example in everything that I do. I don't preach anything that I don't practice. And that – has been the biggest thing that has made me um, be able to live from a place of my heart much more easily is because it becomes a point of passion then. And yeah. uh, passion you're bringing to the, that passion you're bringing to the board. And so your opportunity to be a homemaker has provided you the, an opportunity to bring contributions to the friendship center. Because well, you that know, the law other, of attraction. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and so you, can can you see the contributions you're making now through through the board through the, at that level? A hundred percent now. Yeah, where at one time I was like, oh well, who am? What what do I have to offer? It's like no, everything is falling yeah. into place very nicely for me, and I'm very grateful and and I I'm blessed um, very much so. So and I I, I can't wait to um, go forward. I mean like. It's just exciting, especially um, not needing to carry the heaviness of the stress, you know. Like yeah. I get to start yeah. each day, a new day, not in yesterday, yeah. and um, that energy is not do stuck get, in my body. Yeah, and when you do get stressed, you know what to do to change it, and that's what's really valuable. So, yes. so Crystal, yes. we've, 
we've reached a, a point in our program where we call it, um, it's called Shameless Self-Promotion. And one of the things that I'd like to promote, and I give you thanks for this call today, um, because the I have an upcoming program happening in uh, Upper New York State. It's at a place called Blue Mountain Lake. It's um, just a few hours north of Albany, New York, in, in the in the Adirondack Mountains. And there's a conference center there called the Middlebrook Conference Center, and it's um, it's it, part of a property um, that's owned by Syracuse University. So they've been supporting th- uh, this project, this three-and-a-half-day workshop, and they're calling the workshop Indigenous Healing Practices. So it'll be a time for people who are interested to come out and get their feet wet, in, so to speak, and what is Indigenous Healing Practice, like how do I what, like how do I work it for myself? Um, what is an indigenous divine healing, and how does that affect me as a human being, and how would it help me? And then even more important is, can I use that information to help other people? So will it help me, and then can I use it to help others? And today, this call, you have been really clear about how you took that in a, in a large situation for three days. And out of three days, six days in total, um, but even after the first three days, you learned enough to be able to help yourself and then to take that home to your children. And I want to give my thanks to you today um, for that. That that Healing Lodge um, experience is going to go to the Middlebrook Conference Center on August 25th and 28th. You can go online to dianehill.net. That's www.dianehill.net that's my website and you're going to be able to click on uh, upcoming feature program you'll have to click twice on that because the first click will take you in to a window where you'll have to click again to get the Syracuse website but that's where people can register they can sign up for three and a half days we're going to do a program there at a beautiful conference center in the Adirondack Mountains uh, it's an all-inclusive ticket because there isn't a lot of places that you could drive to. I think it's in uh, it's in the woods uh, on the lake. That's an hour from anywhere, anywhere else where you could. So it's an all-inclusive ticket. So it'll include your accommodation. It'll include your meals. Um, you'll have the 3.5-day program, a three-and-a-half-day program, and you'll have a chance to sit with like-minded people in a circle engaging in understanding of healing and wellness for yourself and and supporting others. So learning to listen to that sacred self, connecting to the spiritual part of yourself, that's everything you've talked about, Crystal, in this phone call. I'm so grateful to you for coming on to the show. And, um, yeah, if, if you know of anybody in your circle who you can recommend to come go um, to that session in August, please feel free to, to um, you know, text or message your friend, Crystal, and let's promote healing for other people as much as, as, much as we can. I think so that's right. I want to, yeah, I want to thank you for today's call. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And I'll say our goodbyes and my gratitude to you for for sharing yourself and sharing your story here today. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for asking me and having me. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Bye.
Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. Mm-hmm. 